four scriptures there tonight. If you don't have your Bibles, you can, I think, look on there. I believe they'll have it for us momentarily. Amen. Joshua chapter 10 and verse number 24. The Bible said, so it was when they brought out those kings to Joshua, that Joshua called for all the men of Israel and said to the captains of the men of war who went with them, come near, put your foot on the necks of these kings. And they drew near and put their foot on their necks. Amen. And then Joshua said to them, Do not be afraid nor be dismayed. Be strong and of good courage, for this thus the Lord will do to all your enemies against whom you fight. Afterward, Joshua struck them and killed them and hanged them in uh, five trees, and they were hanging on the trees until evening. And so it was at the time of the going down of the sun that Joshua commanded that they all take them down from the trees and cast them into the cave where they had been uh, hidden and laid large stones against the cave's mouth, which remained until the, uh, this very day. Amen. I want, you, I want to talk to you for a few minutes on tonight and just entitle it, Put Your Foot On It. Put your foot on it. Tell your neighbor, you, you better put your foot on it. Amen. Just put your foot on it. Amen. This story we have read, we see jo that Joshua selects warriors uh, responding to Gideon's plea for help. Uh, their struggle illustrates a classic uh, syndrome of a, a spiritual life. Uh, no sooner had Joshua and Israel here in this text conquered Jericho and Ai than five different kings, uh, Am Am Amorite kings, attacked Gideon and put their, their blocks against uh, the advancement of Israel. The Amorites were mad, the people of Gideon, uh, for making friends with uh, Joshua and for the making friends with the children of Israel and in the same way Satan forges weapons against you and I to try to stop us in making progress and moving forward in the kingdom of God. The battle was long and hard. It, some, the sun had started going down and and whenever Joshua called on God and asked him to stay the sun in its place and the moon in its place until they could have total victory in this battle. Amen. I, I, it takes some kind of knowing God to even make such a request. Who would think to ask God to stop the sun? Who would think to ask God to stop the universe from moving on its axis to, to help them to win the battle? 
I believe that Joshua sensed that the victory was near and they just needed a little bit more time to, to conquer this enemy. And so he prayed and asked God bold prayers. Amen. That's what I'm talking about. Praying bold prayers. And he prayed this bold prayer and God answered Joshua and caused the sun and the moon, or if you will, the universe to quit revolving. Amen. And so we, we, I, it's good to have God on your side. God even killed more. The Bible says when you read this story, God killed more with hailstones than, than the warriors even killed themselves. Amen. God helped them destroy the enemies of these five kings. Amen. And there was a great slaughter. During the fight, someone found out that that there was five kings, they were hiding in a cave. And whenever they told Joshua where they were, he told them to go to the cave and put a stone in front of the cave. And he did that and it pinned them in. And then this is where our text picks up here tonight. Joshua calls for these five kings uh, so that the warriors uh, would go and get them and bring them out of this cave that he has pinned them in and he brings them in front of the entire town or the village or the city. And it was ancient custom in that day that the king that would, had won the battle would bring the, the, the person or the king or the opponent into the city square. And there in the city square, the, the victorious king would put his foot on the neck of the enemy that he had conquered. And we see that that was what was uh, the, the norm for the day. It was the custom of the day. But when the kings came forward, Joshua did not put his foot on their neck himself, but he called for the other men. He called for those who were warriors to come and put their foot on the neck of those enemies. Amen. He was, he, what he was saying is, you have destroyed these kings today. You have power over them. Amen. You did it right? You are the one that did it. And a lot of times we want to make, uh, and, and we give honor to whom honor is due, right? So we give honor to whom honor is due. We honor those who have served, those who work, those who are in leadership, authority, and so forth. We honor them, but, but we don't put them on a pedestal. That's the reason why that humans blow up is because they were not created to be worshipped. And any time that you uh, uh, put a person on a pedestal till you begin to worship them, whether it be a movie star, a, 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 uh, a sports star, or a preacher, whenever you put them on on a pedestal and raise them up and start worshiping them, they will self-destruct every single time. And so what we want to understand is this, is that, that God tells them through Elijah's, uh, or Joshua, excuse me, his, what he is doing, he is showing them that they have power over these enemies. And what I want to say today is, is this is a great story, but there's more to this story. Because Joshua in the Old Testament, he, he is a type of Christ. 
It is a picture of Christ. You can read the story of Joshua and you can see how that he is a shadow, a type, a picture of a Jesus that is to come in the New Testament. And so when we look at this story, we see that Joshua is a type of Christ. His very name means Jesus. And Joshua did for those uh, in, in Gideon, uh, uh, Gibeon, excuse me, in the Old Testament, what Jesus has done for us in the New Testament. Are you with me? He said in Colossians chapter 2 and verse 15, I, I, and having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Amen. Talking about Jesus on the cross. In the Old Testament, uh, Joshua destroyed five kings. But in the New Testament, Jesus destroyed five powers. Amen. You walking with me? Just give me a nod. Don't have to shout real loud. I know you're tired. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12. He said, for we have wrestled not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against rulers in darkness in high places, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. You may say, well, you, you, you didn't count right. You can't count. Well, you're not the first one to tell me that. You look and you see the powers. There's, you might say there's only four powers there. There's principalities. There's powers. There's rulers of darkness. There's spiritual wickedness in high places. Where is the fifth one? Well, the fifth one, Jesus defeated Satan himself. Amen. And he made a show of him openly. And so Jesus destroyed the devil and, and, and his authority. And when he said it is finished, he destroyed everything that the enemy had ever done or the power that he had ever been given in the earth. Amen. Now, make no mistake about it. He was working out of authority, but it was relinquished authority. But when Jesus said it is finished, he never just took out these four, but he took out, he annihilated the enemy completely. He made a show of him openly. Amen. And that's a great story. Amen. But I got one better than that. The Old Testament Joshua didn't put his foot on the neck of their enemy, but he brought the men to put their foot on their neck. But he called Israel and he said, I want you, Israel, to put your foot on the neck of your enemy. Joshua was a type of Christ and we are asked by God to do the same thing in our lives. He has given us the power and the authority to put our foot on the neck of our enemy. Amen. Now Psalms 118 and verse 40. He says, you have also given me the neck of my enemies that I might destroy them that hate me. In Psalms 91 and verse 13, he said, You shall tread upon the lion and the otter and the young lion shall you, and the dragon shall you trample under your feet. Psalms 149 and verse 7 said, To execute vengeance upon the heathen and punishment upon the people, to bind their kings with chains 
and their nobles with fetters to execute upon them the judgment written this honor to have all the saints praise ye the Lord. Amen. And then he said in Malachi chapter four and verse three, and ye shall tread upon down the wicked for they shall be ashes under the soles of your feet. In the day that I shall do this, says the Lord of hosts. And then Acts chapter 2 and verse 35. For David is not um, ascended into the heavens, but he himself, the Lord, said unto my Lord, sit down at my right hand until I make your enemies your footstool. So we see here that that's the same thing that Jesus did that what Joshua did, Jesus has done for us in the New Testament. And so if you can see this tonight, what I want us to see is simply this, is that there has been a transfer of power. God didn't just save you to go to heaven. He saved you to change earth. He, changed, he saved you and me so that we could have influence in the earth and it isn't to run from devils. It isn't to run from strongholds. It isn't to run from principalities and powers of darkness and wicked in the high places and even the devil. He has given us authority and the power to put our foot on the neck of our enemy and declare that we have victory over every situation of our lives. Amen. We are to be enforcers of Jesus' victory. I'm going to say that again. We are to be enforcers of Jesus' victory. What he done on Calvary, he wants us to enforce tonight. Amen. And so we can't just allow the enemy to run haphazardly by. We can't just allow the enemy to have his way and do whatever he wants to do. But we must be enforcers in the earth of what Jesus has already given us. And so when we say that, we understand that he has given us power by the Holy Spirit over everything the enemy has ever um, tried to do or ever come against us to do. The scripture says it this way, no weapon formed against you shall prosper. It did not say that there would not be battles. It did not say that there would not be formations. He just said they're not going to work. Amen. Why? Because Jesus has already given us the victory and there isn't nothing new. The only thing the enemy can do, the only thing the enemy can do is try to duplicate or try to repeat what Jesus has done. Have you ever seen somebody that, have you ever got a fake $50 bill? Fake $100 bill. The enemy does not have any ability. He doesn't, the enemy has no creative power. All he can do is try to mimic something that God has already done. He can try to make it look like it. And he, he tries to make us think that he's so big, bad, and wooly. But the reality of it is, is our elder brother has already beat him down. Our elder brother has already given us power over all of And now we're just coming along and enforcing it. Amen. 
We are imposing what heaven has already declared in the earth by the finished work of Calvary. Now we are saying we believe what uh, happened at Calvary and we're just enforcers of what God has already done through our elder brother Jesus Christ. Amen. And so now we're enforcing that victory. And anytime the enemy can mess with this, it's because we have relinquished what God has already done for us. Amen. And so what I want to say tonight is don't relinquish. Don't give up nothing. Don't give up your salvation, your joy, your peace, your hope, your victory. Amen. Your health, your finances. The blessings of the Lord. Amen. You don't have to go around justifying how you've been blessed. Amen. You just enforce what Jesus has already done. And so we're not creating something new. We're not conjuring something up. We're just enforcing the finished work of Calvary. Amen. And so we're enforcers of what Jesus did. This is, I've got this Mark down here. This is what, uh, if we understand that and we believe that, then, then we have to also ask ourselves the question is this. You can ask yourself. Am I spending too much time in prayer asking God to do something that he has empowered me to do? How much would be left of our prayer time or we could invest it in something else, praying for souls, praying for something. If we, and I'm not telling you that we don't ask for God's help. Anybody, y'all understand what I'm saying? The Holy Spirit's got to be in the equation. But I'm saying, oh God, do this, God do that whenever he has empowered us to do it. Amen. And God's never going to do something that you have the ability to do. Amen. Never. He's never going to do something that you and I have the ability to do. He will empower us to do it, but he's not going to do it himself. And so we've got to, 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 to look at what we're asking God to do and say, okay, do I have the ability to do this? How do I know if I have the ability to do that or not? We have to know his word. We have to know his promises. We have to know what is rightfully ours and what he has given us as believers that we're not just mere men and women that are being drawn through life and pulled through a rat hole backwards, but he has given us the power, the authority, the anointing, the strength. Uh, tell somebody I'm well equipped. I am well equipped. God has given you everything you need to have victory in every area of your life. He has given me, he has given you everything that you need. He has not ill-equipped you and sent you into a battle or sent you into a fight or to a temptation that he has not already provided a way of escape. And the way of escape, when you look at that word picture there, it does not, it is not talking about all the time running. There are some things you need to run from 
And there's other things you need to kill. Amen. Now that's not people. I'm talking spirit. Amen. Dave, let me, let me show you this. Because I'm, I'm, I'm seeing somebody saying, what are you talking about? David was a great warrior. He was bad to the bone. Can we agree on that? Any man that goes out and destroys a lion and a bear with his bare hands, he's bad. He doesn't back down to a giant that stands twice that's high, maybe even two and a half times taller than what he is. And all he has is a sling and his, his sword is nearly as heavy. I forget the, the, the weight and all at the moment, but it was a heavy sword and, and all of that. And, and David sees all of this, but never cowers down, never backs up. He, he says, this day, Goliath's got to come down. Today, you, you, it, it's it. You know, this is it. You've, you've fooled with my, my, my brothers, but I done gave them their cheese. Now it's your turn. I've got something for you too. Amen? Got something for you. And, 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 it, and if you read that story, and I don't want to preach all that, but if you read that story, the, how many stones did he get? You think he thought he was going to miss? No, he had four brothers. They had enough sense not to come out there. Amen? But he didn't cower down. He never backed up. He wasn't intimidated by this great stature that stood before him. And he took him out, right? You don't see David running from that. Right? But whenever he writes in the scriptures, there's some things that he was a great warrior on. But then he writes and he says, flee from lust. In other words, he said, resist it. Get away. In some things he says, resist. and other things he says, flee from. Amen. In the words of Kenny Roger, you got to know when to hold them. You got to know when to fold them. Sometimes you got to walk away and sometimes you got to run. Amen. But knowing what to do, but in all things, he gives us the strength to do it. He gives us the ability to war in some things. And then he gives us the power to resist or to flee from other things. And but we've got to be enforcers and then we've got to know in prayer what God has given us the ability to do. And then pray in the spirit, pray the word of the Lord and ask him to give us. Well, I don't think that we need more anointing. I don't think that we need more word. I don't think we need more teaching. I think what we need is more boldness. Amen. We need more boldness. We need we need more boldness. We need the strength of God. And so he's equipped us for it. But then whenever we, we're afraid to step out and do it, afraid to step out and say it. Right? Has the Holy Spirit ever spoke to somebody and, and, and showed you a thing or, or told you a thing, and, but you're just afraid to say it? Afraid to, afraid to verbalize it because people might think you're crazy or afraid to, to step out there because it, you may look silly. Right? 
But, but he, that's the reason he's given us power over the principalities and powers of darkness and wickedness and high places and even Satan himself. He, he's given us a power and authority over that so that we can put our foot on his neck. Amen. And we can render him helpless. Amen. The word says that Jesus sat down and all things were put under his feet. But now, Romans chapter 16 and verse 20, and God, the God of peace shall bruise uh, Satan under your feet. Amen. Your feet. Jesus has done everything he's going to do. He's seated at the right hand of Father God, interceding on you and my behalf. It's finished. He's done all he's going to do. But the authority, delegated authority, has now been put upon you and I. And what... Ha is being done and what will be done in the earth is going to be done through people of God. Amen. Through your hands, my hands, through your voice, my voice, through your feet, we're his instruments. Amen. And for too long, people have, have you know, been afraid to say that. They're afraid to say that. They'll say, uh, how many times have you heard in the church and people say, well, don't look at me. Amen. Don't look at me. I can't help you. Don't look at me. I, I, don't, I don't have no answers. Don't look at me. I think I know what they're saying. I'm not sure, but I think I know what they were saying. But that's not what the Bible says. The Bible says they ought to be looking at you. Peter and John came, right? And whenever they came, they didn't go to the temple and say, don't look at me. They said, look here. You, right here. Don't have no money for you today. But I got something you need. And what I'm about to give you in days past, what I gave you got you food for the next day. But what I'm fixing to give you right now is going to change the trajectory of your life. You're not going to have to come sit here no more. <laughs> I'm telling you, my brothers and sisters, people are hungry for God. People are hungry for God. And if we will dare to get out of this fearful mentality and mindset that we are nobody and we're nothing. Yes, you are somebody. You are significant. You are, you are the righteousness of God. Amen. Jesus has done all he's going to do. Now it's up to you and I to do what Jesus has declared for us to do in the earth. Amen. And it's not something that's, it's, it's not something that's um, tough to do. I promise you this. If we, ever, if we ever get over ourselves and do what Holy Spirit asks us to do, it'll be fun. It'll be fun. Seeing somebody come to Jesus is fun, Greg. Amen. 
And it's real easy. You go out to a restaurant, you've got a captive audience. That waiter has to come to your table. And whenever they come to take your order, it's real easy. How do you do it? Well, Raven, so glad that you're our server here tonight. We're getting ready to pray over our food here in a minute. Uh, just wondered if there's anything that we could pray with you about or pray for you about. That easy. And who knows what may come for there. They may have had a terrible day. They may have family that is in major sickness. They may want to come to Jesus. And just didn't know how to do it. Amen. I was in Maine. No, I was in Vermont. Eating breakfast. A lady came and, and uh, was talking to her and... Uh, she had come out of the Carolinas. They moved, transplanted up there. She was having a difficult time. I began to talk to her and said, just what I told you, we're getting ready to pray. Is there anything we can pray with you about? And she started breaking down. I thought I was going to have to help her out of the restaurant. And she's telling me how that I just won't go into it all, but anyways, it, it impacted her life that it would take time to pray. She said, there isn't nobody's ever asked me if they could pray for me. Amen. And I don't do it, so I don't want to suggest that I do it all the time, and Raven, don't expect it tonight. Uh, but I was blessed that day, and I left her a $100 bill for a tip. And I just put on the, the little napkin, just want you to know Jesus loves you and he knows right where you are. I don't know if I'll ever see her again or not, but I do know that I planted a seed that day. I do know that hope came in her eyes. Amen. And Jesus wasn't going to show up and say, whatever her name was, I forget now, but Jesus wasn't going to come and show up and do that because he gave me the ability to do it. And I just had the bold, have to have the boldness to ask. And then I got the joy of praying with her and seeing her life change. Amen? Praise God. So that's all I have for you tonight. Put your foot on the enemy and keep your joy, keep your peace, keep your victory, keep your love. Amen. Keep what he has given us, be enforcers. Amen. You don't have to win the battle. You just have to enforce the victory. Amen. And uh, so when we do that, God's going to always be faithful and help us. Amen. Praise God.